Welcome to Board Game Binge, the place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content from across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Alex Young, co-founder of Team Pomelo Games, the designers behind the Pretty Princess Pomelo card game, a citrus-themed game involving princesses, devastating pirates, friendship, mystery, betrayal, and magic. Pretty Princess Pomelo launched today on Kickstarter. And I got to tell you, this is a first in the history of the binge. We're talking to somebody who literally just launched her campaign less than an hour ago. Well, welcome <laughs> to the binge, Alex. How are you doing? This is this is crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm good, James. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. <laughs> hey, no problem. I, like I, I, When you said, uh, when we kind of lined up the timing of this interview, I was like, is this guy a madman? Like he's going to launch? <laughs> and then like less than an hour later... We're, we're going to be going through his, his campaign. Like I would, my eyes would be glued to my campaign. I wouldn't be able to think of anything else. So <laughs> thank you for uh, carving out some time for us. I mean, wow. How are you doing? You must be uh, running pretty high. Uh, yeah, it's, I'd say filled with highs and lows with no middle ground right now. <laughs> um, it's, it's, I, I'm, to be honest, I'm happy that we did this. You know, I really wanted to, to be on your show. It's been very hot lately. You've had so many people listening and watching your videos and, you know, I'm a part of the Facebook group, as you know, and I try and catch the interviews or watch them later when I can. So I'm just, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, no, thanks for coming. Just for the, the listeners who are listening through the podcast or people who are watching live, um, I actually met uh, Alex, uh, I guess almost two and a half years ago, maybe two years ago. Um, and, and with the new market board game meetup group. And um, one of the, I think it was like the second or third time I was there, uh, Alex brought the prototype of this game, Pretty Princess Pomelo. It is a tongue twister for sure. Um, <laughs> but he brought this prototype uh, to the game night. I had the honor of getting to play this uh, back then. And it's so cool to see where it started and kind of where it is now and how far you guys have brought that design. Like it is, it is impressive. I got to tell you, sir, uh, you know, just the journey of this game. I think the fundamentals are still there from that original prototype though. Is that, is that correct? The, the actual core mechanic, I don't think you guys really changed too much. Did you? No, we, we didn't change the core mechanic all that much. We, we got inspired at the time by like various games. And when we decided to like try it a few mechanics and we found some things that worked, we just went with it, you know, uh, obviously there are little adjustments as you go along with things, but like the core of it was, was still there and it still is today. And uh, I'd say I'm pretty happy with that in terms of, uh, mechanics. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. So before we get into the game, I know there's other team members, so I, I want to make sure we acknowledge the other people that are part of your group, your, your group. So take me through kind of who, who's on the team, what are their names? What do they do? What are their roles? And then how do you guys kind of know each other? Like how did this all kind of come together? Uh, so uh, it came together, to be honest. Uh, we're not, not unlike, I think, one of your other interviews where you had three people um, all together. They came up with that uh, sort of, I think it was like that darkness game where the, the tiles change every... Yeah, yes, yeah, Night, Night Cage. Cage. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're all, uh, you know, we were all co-workers, you know, and one day we were just talking, you know, in one of our breaks and... Uh, we're all a fan of games. You know, we all love playing on silly unicorns. We've all played Dungeons and Dragons to some extent. You know, we've even played more like party games like uh, Cards Against Humanity, things like that. And we were always talking, like we had talked about, sorry, 
you know, at one time, uh, if, if we were to invent a game, you know, what would that look like? How, you know, what would the theme be? What would the characters be? Where their characters be there in general? You know, how would, how would it all sort of build out? And then, uh, as I remember it, one of my partners, um, he was very into like mixing drinks at the time, you know, and he had, yeah. And he had come up with some, you know, pretty interesting names for some of those drinks. Um, and we kind of took that idea and, you know, ran with it a little bit. And, you know, he had also been working on an art piece where it showed like the different sizes of some citrus fruit just for fun. Yeah. You know, and we thought, why not, why don't we use that as sort of a theme? You know, like, let's like, if we were going to use something like that, what would the theme be? You know, so we, we took these citrus ideas and, um, you know, my two partners, myself a little bit too, but they're, you know, really, really big fans of Magical Girl uh, shows and games and stuff like that. So like Sailor Moon is a very popular one. Okay. Um, Madoka Magic is another one. There's a ton out there, but, you know, they're, they're big fans. And I'm like, you know, we could probably work something with this, you know. And I remember when, you know, they first concepted the, the Pomelo character, the iconic character that we have for our game. As soon as I saw like the finished version of that, I was like, this is it. Yeah. This is a hundred percent it. So. And so that's, that's, you, you, know. you guys are all graphic designers, right? So, yeah. um, and, and obviously there's someone on the team is an actual illustrator as well, I think. Right. Two of them actually. Yeah. So there's out of the three of us, two yeah. of them are illustrators and I'm, you know, just a regular graphic designer and nice. working and then, on a lot what, of the mechanics. And, and what are the names of the other two gentlemen? What are their names? Yeah, so um, Morgan Parker is uh, one of them, and he's a fit, like a very, very talented uh, illustrator. And Nicholas Eglon, who's our other illustrator, and he's really, really talented too. He's done a lot of fan art on our Instagram, okay. um, as well as you know regular art for us too. But like if you check out our Instagram, most of that is Nick, and he's he's so talented, and he did a lot of like the styles, like the style, like the colors, uh, the color schemes. Yep. Um, and I mean, it looks, everything looks fantastic. You know, when Nick comes and shows me something, I'm every time I'm blown away by it. Yeah. Just and, insane. It's absolutely insane. And even when he shows me something that's like half done, it looks amazing. And I'm like, Nick, this is incredible. He's like, Oh, it's not done yet. I'm like, how much better could it get? You know? Like, yeah. Yeah. I was so. following the Instagram account and I saw some of the early sketches and then kind of, as you see it polished, right. It's, uh, it's cool to kind of see that evolution. And how do those, how do, so two illustrators who, you know, obviously can draw in the same style, but you're going to have different styles, different approaches to, to design. So how do the two of them kind of merge that together on, on this design? Does, does one take a certain set of characters and the other takes a different set of characters or how do they kind of make that work? So actually at the beginning, I remember they, they had talked about what kind of style do we want this in? So before they did like a finished product, uh, they drew a couple of like, I guess, thumbnails out um, and tried to like agree on a style that would work for us. Yeah. Um, and a lot of anime is very angular. So I, I don't think they wanted to go that route specifically. We went sort of much more of like a, a curvy, curvaceous route because, you know, all the girls are wearing dresses and yep. dresses aren't typically, you know, pointy. Um, so after they drew out a few thumbnails, I think they, they sort of, uh, refined that a little bit more with their, with their two styles and they, you know, they sort of came together and agreed, okay, this is the style we're going with. It looks really clean, looks really good. And then that sort of led to a, a more finished product. And, uh, that's when I saw, you know, the finished version of Pavel and I'm like, 
this is it. This is a character people are going to resonate with and like, and that's what yeah. I knew. Yeah. It's super <laughs> cool. And then how, what, what kind of, um, audience do you target with this? So obviously there's people that are fans of anime. Uh, I, I mean, I remember Astro Boy when I was a kid, uh, yeah. I'm dating myself a little bit there, but, um, <laughs> you know, you, you've got, um, you, you've got, you know, kind of your core anime audience, which I think obviously are going to gravitate towards this heavily towards this, but is this for like a general person, uh, this kind of a game, like, is this something that would work well with kids Is something more just adult based or how would you best describe the audience that you guys are targeting with this? Um, I, to be honest, I would say the audience we're targeting is, is mostly board gamers. You know, we, we also, we're trying to target people who love anime as well. Cause I don't think there's a whole lot of, uh, board games out there that have a lot of anime themes. I know there's a few out there. Sure. Uh, I've, I think I've played a couple with them with you actually, now that I come to think of it. But uh, I think the, the primary thing, the primary demographic was uh, gamers in general, you know, and a lot of games have anime themes, um, you know, and we wanted to sort of bring another one to, to board games because we're big gamers and, and, you know, this felt like something that was definitely within our realm, all being graphic designers as well. Yeah. So that's sort of what we were thinking, you know, and, uh, you know, because we went with sort of, a, I would say a, a primary female, uh, persona with just about almost every character we've got, uh, it's actually, it's actually attracting, uh, quite a few women as well in our demographic too. We're almost split right down the middle between men and women. So, you know, I was actually really happy to hear that because everybody should be included in, in, you know, a product like this. So. Oh, absolutely. And I just want to say, uh, mm -hmm. Mike Barnett is actually uh, in the lobby. He just said, uh, congrats on the, uh, on the launch, Alex. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about this launch. I, I, yeah. you know, uh, are a very, um, uh, heartwarming congratulations for me as well. I actually, I'm proud to say as backer number one. So is that <laughs> the first one live? I, I stole the number one spot from Andrew. Everyone. Knows oh no. Andrew's, a. uh, he, he likes to get the number one spot. So I beat him on this one and uh, I got the number one spot, but I believe Andrew's actually number two. And yeah. uh, so I'm going to actually share my screen for people that are uh, listening and, and can't see this. You can always watch the video. If you join the board game binge uh, Facebook group, you can see these lives, you can see replays, or you can check it out on, uh, on YouTube. Uh, but I'll describe kind of what we're talking about here as well. So on your actual, um, you know, Kickstarter page, the, the first thing I see is you've got this really, really cool design. And, you know, the, the video up front, I thought was really neat. It does a great job of introducing the characters and the story. Um, I, I almost thought that like, this is a cartoon somewhere that, you know, these guys are just kind of ripped from in their, they're now create a card game, but the, the, you know, the cartoon already exists, but it doesn't, you know, I mean, you guys created all this for the card game. Right. So I think that's, yeah. uh, that's pretty cool. Um, describe kind of how this game works. So you've got characters, you've got elements, you've got magic, gear, plot, mm -hmm. and these citrine hearts. Try to kind of give us uh, the basic um, gist of how you would play this, this game. Okay, so uh, plays two to four, and your goal is to control the citrine hearts while building up your team. And you want to have a, uh, you know, a full team of five in two player and then uh, four, four, a full team of four in three player and a full team of three in uh, four player. Okay. And you want to build up your full team of you know, either all heroes or all villains and control the Citron hearts before the other members do. And the second you get your full team with the Citron hearts, you win the game. 
Okay. Yeah. So how we many, have, um, go ahead. I was going to say, how many Citroen hearts are there? Is there, is it just one? It's just one. Okay. Yeah. It's just one card. Um, we have other cards that, you know, prevent people from uh, acquiring the Citroen hearts quite easily. So uh, we have one mechanic in our, in our game where you can attack other players with uh, element cards. You'll see the light element card there. Um, and those increase uh, your star power. So if you want to attack someone, uh, you can throw that light element on, you know, a character who's got lights like Pomelo, and that'll give you a huge uh, star power boost, and you'll be able to take them out. Um, but if you're lucky enough to have, you know, uh, an impenetrable shield card in your hand, which is the one right next to that light element, yeah, uh, you know, you can play the play an impenetrable shield card at any time during the game. You can you can throw that and protect yourself from that attack, and uh, you know, stave off being defeated for for a turn. Um, and the, sec the, the second someone defeats someone else with an attack, uh, the victor of that you know quick little battle will take the Citroen Hearts, and now they have control over it. Uh, so you mm -hmm. have this kind of going back and forth then, do you? Like the Citroen Hearts yeah. kind of go back and forth between the two sides. And can you switch sides? Like, are you, are you only good or only evil? Is there a way for you to kind of switch sides throughout the game, or how does that work? So um, we have some cards in our game that uh, change your alignment. So if you're a hero, like let's say you have three heroes on your team and you have uh, two villains, you know, we have a gear card called a moral compass card, which switch switches your alignment from yeah. uh, hero to villain or villain to hero, vice versa, you know? Um, so, you know, we thought that that was a really interesting way to, um, you know, work within your team. So let's say you wanted to use a villain ability, but you're all heroes. Now you have this gear card that like switches their alignment completely. And it's like, boom, I'm right back in it, you know? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then if you're going to describe this game to somebody, is there another game out there that's got a similar kind of gist to this? So somebody kind of wants to get in their head, okay, it's kind of like this kind of a game. Obviously you've got your own spin on it, but you know, it's, it's this is a, the general idea of kind of the way that this works or... Um, yeah, I would say it's, it has some similarities to Unstable Unicorns because okay. Unstable Unicorns requires you to get like, uh, I think it's seven unicorns before you, uh, before you can win. Uh, and there's other different kinds of cards in Unstable Unicorns too. Like there's magic cards, there's uh, instant cards, you know, they have, they have a pretty strong variety, but we've just thrown a few more elements uh, into our game and uh, you can play as many cards as you like during a turn as well. So there's no, there's a limit on uh number of cards except for character cards of course but yeah but that's it talk to me about this hologram mm -hmm. card so i that caught my eye as i was yeah. scrolling down i'm like whoa hologram cards okay what's yeah what's this all about is it collectible or what's uh, kind of what how does that work <laughs> so it's actually a booster pack um what what we wanted to do was with this stretch goal was hopefully we get to that amount but we sure. wanted to um you know provide a, a booster pack of hollow foil character cards to go along with this. Um, we were really interested in seeing some hollow foil cards. I think you actually showed me one that you were interested in a little while ago. Yeah. Uh, for maybe for a different game that, you know, you yep. had uh, looked into. And I thought, you know what, those would be really cool. Um, and I, I wanted our stretch goals to not be something that would necessarily be a part of the game. I wanted it to be something that was a bit more extra. Yep. Um, you know, I think Mike actually said that in the interview you did with him a little while ago, where like when he's backing a project, he when he sees stretch goals, he sort of appreciates things that are a bit more extra that come with the game, but not necessarily are a part of a game. Sure. 
So it's not something that like enhances the in or, or I guess is a, like an extra mechanic of the game. It's like something that would maybe enhance your experience. So like the hollow foil cards, we think would be a nice way to uh, enhance the experience of the game, not necessarily like be you need it to play it. You know. Gotcha. And there's so there's 217 cards in this box. That sounds pretty heavy. So what's what's the yeah. weight of the game? Like what what's what's this? What how's this? How much does this weigh? Uh, it weighs one pound and two ounces, I think. I actually weighed this out because we needed that for um, one pound, 3.2 ounces. 3.2 ounces. So we needed like, what, to, it's like 600 grams or something. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. We needed to check that out for to make sure that we could ship it at the appropriate price. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so 217 cards, 80, over 80 unique cards, I think, in um, in this wow. box. Everything. Yeah. All of our artwork is 100% unique. We did all of our artwork. Um, and when you actually get the box too, you'll notice that the number of cards does not fit in the box. I and mean, that was done on purpose because we have maybe a couple of plans. I don't want to give too much away of maybe throwing some expansions in. And I know that something that infuriates me is that when you get a game and then an expansion comes with that game, you know, a couple months later, but it comes in its own box yeah. and you can't fit everything in the one box. So I thought to myself, look, if we're going to do an expansion, we need to make sure that that expansion can fit in this box without a problem. So just be clear, when you say it doesn't fit in the box, what you mean is that there's there's enough space left over in the box that you can yes. include. So there's some free space in the box that you can add yes. your expansions in without having to have all these multiple different boxes. That's a yes. pet peeve of mine as well. Um, yep. You know, anytime you get an expansion, uh, the first thing I want to do is take that expansion out of the expansion box and throw it in the original yep. box. Yeah. And it, it's 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 you just frustrating when you can't time. do that. So then you have to carry different boxes, right? Which is kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. And you get these aftermarket boxes yep. that people do that then put a bunch of different uh, components together so you can get everything in one comfy box. So, yep. so talk to me about this Kickstarter campaign and some of the journey you've gone through to get here. So obviously, I know you've been working on this game at least two years that I've known you. Um, but you know, when you got serious about saying, okay, we think we're ready to start doing, you know, going down the Kickstarter path, what are some of the hurdles you came across or what are some of the things that you encountered that were maybe surprises for you or, or challenges that you guys had to overcome? Um, for us, because we're all graphic designers, we're not really in the business world all that much. You know, we don't really know anything about business. So one of the biggest hurdles for us was making sure that we do this and we do it right. Um, so, you know, I didn't know anything about how to register a business or uh, even open a business account. I didn't even know if that was something I could just walk in and do to the bank. Like I, I really didn't know. Um, registering a business name, getting a, a business number, like, you know, these are all things that I didn't know. So I had to, you know, get a little bit of help from a friend of mine who's a, a very talented lawyer. Yeah. Um, and he was, you know, able to help us out with a few things and, you know, get things sorted out and, uh, I think I think that was probably one of our biggest hurdles, um, you know, and then I would say one more big hurdle or maybe medium sized hurdle is uh, especially if you have partners, making sure that everybody's happy while you're working on this game, you know, because a lot of times people have some conflicting ideas and then we have to figure out, OK, what would the best thing be? And, you know, you and I would say, way? well, I was I was going to say what I would say is compromise is probably the best way to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, and definitely if you have Tabletop Simulator, testing out your game and see what works and what doesn't, because that's the true way you're going to know if this idea is great or this idea is, is not so great. Trying it out, 
compromise. Uh, and in that way, you can all achieve what you want to achieve. And where are you guys manufacturing this game? So like, who's your manufacturer and how's that all kind of come together? So we're, we're using a company called AdMagic and they actually produced, uh, as far as I know, pretty sure I did my research on them as far as uh, what they produced in the past, but they were the ones who made Cards Against Humanity. Okay. So we were looking for something that was reasonably high quality uh, because we wanted to, you know, especially the box, because we know that sometimes if you get with a standard printing on a box, uh, you know, you put it on a shelf or you take it on a trip and it can get very dirty. So we wanted to do like a matte print and matte print cleans really easily. Yeah. Uh, so we didn't want anything to, to get dirty. And AdMagic is pretty rep reputable with printing games. So we wanted to go with a company that would do that um, for us. And then in terms of fulfillment, how are you guys doing fulfillment? Uh, we're using a company. I think it's a, a sister company or a company that they're reasonably close with called um, Blackbox. Uh, so they sent over some shipping information to me a little while ago. Um, you know, we spoke a bit of back and forth through email, um, you know, and I, I think that they are probably one of our better options too. They gave us a really good price on, uh, on shipping. They're pretty close to the, um, the AdMagic uh, facility. So for, you know, shipping from A to B is going to be a really good price too. And this all out of the States, is it, or where's this based out of? Yeah, it's all out of the state. So I think I'm pretty sure AdMagic is in Washington, I want to say. Um, and then uh, Black Box is in New Jersey, if I'm not mistaken. And I noticed on the um, on the campaign page, you've got Canada, USA, Mexico, and uh, the UK for your shipping rates. Um, but are you are you is there plans to take pledges from around the world? Or are you just focusing on these four markets, or what's what's the thought process there? Uh, we're, we're Right now we're focusing on just these four markets. I wouldn't mind trying to get into a couple of other places. Uh, the way Black Box does things for shipping, at least in Europe, is they have blocks of countries that they'll ship to in Europe. Sure. So if somebody in the same block as the as the people in UK want to uh, jump on board, I can try and open it up to them. Uh, but we were primarily focusing on these markets. I know UK is really big into board games too, so I thought we should try and include them because yeah. you know they love stuff like this. Um, but these were our three biggest ones, like was Canada, Mexico, and the States. So yeah. for sure we had to include those. Of course. And is it, is it fair if somebody is interested in, um, maybe they're in, in a country that's not listed here, just to send a message through, um, through the Kickstarter page and just say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in backing you. I'm in this, this particular country. Is that, is that fair? That's something that we did actually on the queen of Scots game. If you remember that one, we had, I think mm -hmm. three markets, and just as the pledges came in, people were like, hey, I'm in this country. Can you, will you ship there? And the answer is, yeah, okay, we will. So we started off small and we expanded as we as we went. So um, I guess the best thing people can do is just actually reach out to you and, and ask that very question. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. We're trying to get this game to as many people as we can. And, you know, I, I'm just focusing on these four markets for now. But if, you know, we get a lot of uh, momentum from, you know, France, people in France are interested, you know, for sure. We'll, we'll talk about opening it up to them or at least getting them copies as, as soon as we can. Yeah. And what, mm -hmm. so what is the, the biggest challenge that you've come across? That's one thing Mike <laughs> is asking in the, in the lobby there. He's like, Alex, what's yeah. the biggest challenge you came across in this entire process? What was it? <laughs> the biggest challenge. Um, I, you know what I would say too, I would say one is don't underestimate how long it takes to put together a Kickstarter uh, I, from, from someone who's the outside looking in, 
you know, it, it, especially if you go on a Kickstarter you've never heard of, it looks like, wow, they put so much effort into this. Oh, I'm sure it only took them, you know, a couple months. And the truth is it probably took them a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was hoping to come to Kickstarter way sooner than we did, but that did not happen because we were just not ready at the time. So don't underestimate, um, you know, how long it uh, how long it takes. And the other one would be uh, sometimes it can be really hard to, you know, start your project. You know, I'm, I think a lot of people that you've interviewed already have said the same thing, where like one of the hardest things is just start your project. Um, so just start, you know, if you guys have an idea out there, just just start don't wait don't sit down don't watch tv just if you have an idea start it nice so where does pretty princess pomelo go from here are you guys going to get into magazines you're getting into some kind of animated show maybe a youtube series like what where where's the journey kind of take you uh so for me i really want to do a show i think this has got tv show written all over it oh yeah um but i know one of my partners wants to do a visual novel um, I think one of the other ones wants to do potentially like a game, maybe a, like a video game. I'd love to do a video game too, but we had, we had talked about, you know, if this does become a thing, where would we like to take this? Um, visual novel, show for sure. Um, maybe just build this out into a franchise and, and see where we can take it. You know, I'd, I'd even love to see some like collectible pop figurines. I think those would be kind of cool down the road. Yeah, that would be cool. And, uh, yeah. and certainly the collectible market. Um, do you see yourself taking this to some of these anime markets? Like once obviously COVID is you know, resolved or I don't want to use the word lifted because it's not like it's lifted, but once, you know, travel mm -hmm. kind of resumes around the world, do you, do you see yourself uh, and your team kind of going to maybe some of these other countries visiting and, and, and trying to introduce them to uh, uh, pretty princess Pomelo? Oh yeah, for sure. I, I think once we have a solid foundation under us where, you know, people are starting to hear about us uh you know get a little bit of word of mouth going a little bit of reputation I, i'd love to take this to other countries i'd love to take this to even even just other places in canada because you know there's going to be corners of canada that won't that haven't heard of us that might be interested you know there's there's board gamers all over the place you just got to know where to look right so yeah exactly yeah, I, i'd love to show it to as many people as possible so how do people best get involved in this? If they, if they want to kind of follow along, what would you say to them? How, how can they follow along this whole journey and, uh, and kind of dive into this, uh, this world you guys have created? Yeah. So uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all at team Pomelo games. Uh, we're on Kickstarter as of about an hour and a half ago, <laughs> um, you know, and uh, pretty princess Pomelo. I don't think it's quite searchable yet. Cause I think they're still reviewing us, but it should be by now. I think. Um, you go to our website, prettyprincesspamela.com, and we have, uh, you know, character information, some lore on there. There's a, a much more detailed how to play on there as well. Okay. Uh, we're still running our FAQ page. We, we have to get that up still because we had a couple of weird interactions with the game. So I wanted to make sure there was some uh, ruling information on there in case people were concerned. Sure. Um, but, yeah, any of those, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, prettyprincesspamela.com, check it out. Awesome. Well, what I'll do as well, uh, when, we, when we're finished here and we uh, post this video, I'll make sure that we put the link to your Kickstarter uh, page uh, in the uh, you know link to this actual video in the Facebook uh, group, uh, as well as on the, uh, if you're listening uh, to the audio podcast, uh, simply look into the details of this particular episode and we'll make sure we've got the link in there for people to find. So Alex, I just want to say, man, it's been great to watch your journey so far and I wish you <laughs> nothing but the best of success. And uh, 
good luck to you and your and your team. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, oh, we have a live stream October seventeenth on Saturday at one p.m. Almost forgot. Wanted to mention it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So once again, there's a live stream, and how do they follow that live stream? Uh, Team Pamelo Games at Twitch. 1 p.m. is when we start. We're going to go over how to play the game. We've got some cool, fun guests and a couple of play testers. And you'll be able to watch us play it on Tabletop Simulator. Oh, that's awesome. Well, if there's anybody mm -hmm. who wants to kind of dive in and get a feel for how this game plays, uh, certainly follow that live stream. And uh, maybe we'll include a link to that as well uh, in, the, uh, in, in the Facebook group here as well. Oh, Alex, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> all the best to you. You take care, man. Cheers. Uh, thank you. Thank you, James. Bye-bye. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply join the Facebook group Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.